Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros NFL podcast. I'm your host, Dan Harris. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Harris 80. With me is Matt Peralt, host of the Daily Juice podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Sports Talk Matt. Matt, what's going on? Well, we are rapidly approaching the start of the NFL season, so I am extremely excited that we actually can talk football and not just hypothetical football, but real football real soon around the corner. I kind of felt like this was never going to come. Like it I just agree. seemed so far away. And then, you know, you obviously had all the health concerns and stuff like that. But all of a sudden we've got NHL playoffs. We've got NBA playoffs. We've got MLB. And now we're going to have NFL and it's going to be a little bit like sports mecca. You know what I'm saying? It's really neat. It's really fun when you throw in the PGA tour, what we saw for the playoffs for the now come up with the tour championship. And yeah, I mean, in terms of how bad things were in, in April and May, where we are now, I've been trying to remind myself and everybody around me, like, let's just take a second here and acknowledge what we've got going on right now. Because, yes, 2020 is a horrible year, but we will never, ever see anything like this in terms of the month of August and September and October again. I mean, college football, NFL football, all the other playoffs going on at the same time. It's it's quite a remarkable time. Just makes things seem a little easier when we have something else to focus on. So let's get into it. Last week, we did the AFC preview. Today, we are going to do the NFC preview. And the next week, we are into the season. We've got an exciting program that we're going to be giving you, but we'll talk about that uh, more next week. As usual, we are going to be using the consensus over under win totals over at bettingpros.com. Those are the aggregate of the odds that are available in the market. As always, you can see the various sports books. So if you like one over the other, you can certainly shop around for the best odds. But we're going to be using the consensus odds that are listed right now. You can find those over at bettingpros.com slash NFL wins. Now, before we get into it, uh, DraftKings is giving you the most ridiculous bet in the history <laughs> of mankind. Matt knows about this. I have uh, already taken advantage of it. DraftKings, thankfully, is my sports book in New Hampshire. The Chiefs are laying 10 points against the Texans on opening night. Go to the following link, bettingpros.com slash Chiefs 101. Okay, I'm going to say that a couple of times so you don't miss it. Bettingpros.com slash Chiefs 101. When you do, you are going to be eligible to place a wager on the Chiefs and the Texans with the Chiefs getting 101 points. If the Texans <laughs> beat the Chiefs 100 to 0, you win your bet. That is available to all users from now until kickoff, 820 on Thursday, September 10th, maximum bet of $50 here. Okay. But the odds are boosted to just minus 110. So it's essentially a free $45 if you're going to go in. Unless again, I apologize if the Texans win 102 to nothing, but I feel pretty confident in it. Uh, again, 101 points. That's not normal. Go ahead. It's free money. Take it. Bettingpros.com slash Chiefs 101. Uh, that's going to take you there. You'll see it under the rewards promotions page. Select KC plus 101. One qualifying offer per user, as I said, maximum of a $50 wager. That's available in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, uh, Iowa, and West Virginia, and over here in New Hampshire. Bettingpros.com slash Chiefs 101. All right, Matt, not every bet that we're going to talk about today. It's going to be quite that easy, but uh, it'd be, be a better world for us if it were. It would um, be fun <laughs> if it was. <laughs> Let's start with the NFC East here, okay? Uh, you've got the Cowboys leading the way at over under nine and a half. That's juiced heavily towards the over. The Eagles, which are now over under nine. The Giants over under six, juiced a little bit towards the under. And Washington over under five, juiced a little bit toward the over. So what are you thinking here as we head rapidly into the season? 
All right, look, I know that you're a big fantasy guy, so Saquon Barkley is going to have a gigantic year, but I'm not a very big believer in that offense. Otherwise, I'm not a very big believer in rookie head coaches in the middle of COVID. So I've kind of taken the stance that you're going to fade first-year head coaches in this COVID year because of the lack of preparation, the lack of time to get their system in place. He has a young quarterback in Daniel Jones. I know Saquon Barkley, but I'm pretty strong on the under here for the Giants. I think they're a five-win football team at max, and I just... Joe Judge is barely, I mean, I mean, I'm older than Joe Judge, okay? So he's just, I, I, everybody's come out of the Patriot tree. The former coaches have not been good. Mike Vrabel's a former player. Different story. I'm on the under for the Giants. Mm. So here's the thing. It's not just the new head coach, right? It's the new offensive coordinator, yeah, right. Jason Garrett. New defensive coordinator, by the way, right? I mean, they are basically rebuilding the entire thing. That's not what you want to be doing right now with COVID. Now, here's the one thing I'm going to say. They get Washington twice. I don't know how you feel about Washington, if they're going to even be able to be competitive. They've got the Bengals in Cincinnati. We don't expect the Bengals to be very good. They've got, you know, maybe the Cardinals at home. Maybe you want to give them that if you're not that excited. But you look at the rest of their, of their uh, you know, schedule. They've got to find three more wins to hit the over. And they've got the Ravens, you know, the Bears in Chicago, the Rams in Los Angeles, Seattle in Seattle, the Bucks, the Steelers, the Browns, the 49ers, the Bear, you know, the Bears we talked about. I don't really know where those wins are going to come from. You know, that that's really the thing. They've got a brutal opener too, right? A brutal opening schedule where they're going to hit a bunch of tough defenses. So this is a team where I agree that, you know, if I have to go one side or the other, I'll go the other. I don't hate the offense, generally speaking, coming mm-hmm. in. I mean, they've, they've done some stuff with the offensive line. I kind of like Jones for the future. You know, they have mm-hmm. weapons with Saquon. They've got the three receivers. They've got Evan Ingram. So it's possible that they're going to surprise. But I agree. You look at that schedule. I really don't see how they're going to be able to get to seven wins overall. Let me ask you about the Eagles, okay. because the Eagles obviously are now, you know, they're well coached. Of course, we know they were, I believe, at nine and a half at earlier in the offseason. They're down to nine. They we talked about the Chargers. I teased you a little bit because, you know, you countered my what about the Chargers with <laughs> they're like a legitimately cursed team because they get what about the Eagles, I mean, you know, we've got Miles Sanders. Let's assume, you know, the word is he's, you know, it was a vague lower body injury, but it's apparently a hamstring. He's reportedly supposed to be okay and good to go. Let's assume he's fine. Let's assume Carson Wentz is fine because he's also dealing with some sort of soft tissue injury, right? Alshon Jeffrey is not going to play at the start. He may avoid the pup list, but he's not going to play to start the season. Jalen Rager is going to miss a few Mm -hmm. games at least. They've already got two massive injuries to their offensive line with Brandon Brooks and Andre Dillard. How do you feel about them at over under nine? If I had to bet it, I would bet the under because I think this entire division is probably a nine win team at max. I think this is just a typical NFC East type of year where everyone's going to hover around seven and nine, eight and eight and nine and seven. I don't love, I mean, Doug Peterson had one great year outside of that. (laughs) I mean, let's just be honest here. They haven't been that great. Carson Wentz has not lived up to the hype. And I don't know really what this team looks like from an injury standpoint. So if I had to bet it, I would bet the under. I don't like any of these teams, to be quite honest. I don't like the Cowboys. I don't like the Eagles. I don't like the re- the, the Washington football team. Excuse me. Nice almost, catch. Yep. Old, almost caught. Almost yeah, you it. caught yourself. Good uh, job. <laughs> I, I just don't like any of them. I, I just I think this is a bad football division right now. And, and I think that people are just assuming that here comes Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys and they're going to be great. And I've never been a big Dak Prescott fan. I, I just, I mean, the fact that they were even toying with the idea of paying him $35, 40000000 million a year is insane to me. So I know people are, there's a Dak 
segment that love him or hate him, I'm on the other side. I don't like him. So I don't like any of these win totals, to be quite honest. I, I would go under with the Eagles if I had to bet it. Let me ask something. If you if you really do view not only the Cowboys that way, but the entire division, why not? You know, you're getting plus money right now, generally speaking, on the Cowboys under nine and a half because they've just been, you know, they're America's team. As you yep. know, there's a lot of excitement building. They did some, you know, they drafted See, they had a really good draft. CD Lamb kind of fell to them. So yeah. they've got an exciting offense. And, you know, McCarthy, for all his flaws, he is leaving the offensive system in place that worked so well last year under Kellen Moore. So if you do think of it that way, why aren't you kind of feeling the Cowboys under nine and a half, considering that the consensus odds, at the mm-hmm. very least, are plus 125? Six games against the NFC East. Okay. That's why. That's simple as that, huh? Because they are playing other teams in the division who are bad. And so if they go 6-0 and in their division, that's six wins. And now all they need is four more wins to get over. So yeah. that that's my concern with, with betting the under for the Cowboys is that, like I mentioned, I think the entire division's bad. So I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm concerned about, you know, bad teams playing bad teams, but I do think the Cowboys are probably the best of the worst. So I would shade away from going with the under there on the Cowboys. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to bet if I had to bet the Cowboys, it would probably be on the over, but I wouldn't like doing it. Yeah, I have a little bit of a taste on the under just because of the plus money, because Mm -hmm. I do think that, you know, we've seen enough division games are just unpredictable. They're not going to go six and oh in the division, right? Like, I mean, maybe they are, but, you know, I think the Eagles obviously can put up a fight. The Giants play them tough. You don't know, you know, who knows what Washington is going to be like. I, I don't like Dwayne Haskins. Their defense is, is bad, but you know, but you their never defense know. is young though, man. They're yeah. that defensive line. They've invested so much money in that defensive line, and now they're bringing in. I mean, last year, I mean, they had to have number one pick overall coming in. I mean, they, they've got some, you know, Chase Young. That they've got some really talented defensive linemen. That defense with Ron Rivera there, I, I wouldn't sleep on that defense later in the year for, for the Washington football team because yeah. I think that and look. I don't like Haskins either, but if he falls on his face, they've got Alex Smith behind him. I mean, they could lean on a veteran if if things really go sideways and Haskins is throwing four picks a game. They can lean on Alex Smith to come in and spot start for a little bit, and it wouldn't be like he wouldn't be over his head coming in to start a game in the NFL. So talk about a crazy, unbelievable cap to that story if that guy starts one game in the NFL. So I, I don't hate that team. I just I think they're probably two years away, though. No, I completely agree. But again, you know, I'm more talking about them, not even with their over under, but just whether or not can they somehow show up on that game against the Cowboys, you know, at home, especially, you know, Ron Rivera, let's not let's not completely discount the motivational factor. Ron Rivera, obviously dealing with cancer, you know, the team could rally. And again, it's a divisional game. You don't know necessarily, but especially we talked about new, you know, they've all got new coaches basically coming in. It's not except for the Eagles. You don't, that's not what you want basically on this season. So yeah, I agree. To me, I've, I've put a little bit, given the plus money on the Cowboys under, but you're more on the uh, the Giants under that. I don't mind that bet either. That would be yeah. my second favorite. Yeah, that, that's, I'm, I'm going to bet that. The Giants okay. under, I'll play that. I'll bet that. All right. Let's move here to the NFC North. Uh, you know, you've got the Packers who won 13 games last year, made it to the NFC Championship game with an over-under of nine. Uh, it's juiced <laughs> towards the over. Vikings also had an over-under of nine. That's juiced a little bit towards the under. The Bears at over-under eight. And the Lions... Over under at seven. I see a lot of six and a halfs out there, but it's, uh, you know, lines over under seven. Anything you like here in the NFC North? All right. So a couple of years ago, the then Oakland Raiders got incredibly lucky with one score victories and everybody bet under the next year because regression happens. Things come back down to the mean. 
This is the same thing's going to happen with the Packers. Yep. The Packers had so many one-score victories last year. They eight and won. one. Eight yeah. and one in single possession games. <laughs> they yep. lucked their way into a couple of crazy wins against, I mean, they beat the Bears, what was like 13, whatever, 13, 10, whatever it was, that ridiculous opening night game where they didn't score, and yet the Bears are quarterbacked by a pathetic quarterback, so they couldn't actually <laughs> score anything. So, like, I mean... I think the Packers are going to be in for a, a long year. They didn't invest in the wide receiving core the way that they should have. They used a first-round pick on Jordan Love. They added a whole lot of drama into their locker room for no reason. I think the quarterback and the coach hate each other. Uh, I Packers under nine wins is, I think, a very good play. Yeah, I, I tell you where my trouble is. And again, you look at like their Pythagorean, whatever, you know, their win total. It was yeah. like eight and a half, right? Like exactly why we talked about it last week with the Chargers, right? The Chargers were terrible in one score games. Do you kind of reverse that? Mm-hmm. And it goes really well. And you brought up the Raiders as well. This is really tough. I mean, I, I completely get it. I, like, I, I don't think I can bet under like I, I part of me thinks that Aaron Rodgers and I've used the term several times in our fantasy podcast will give the metaphorical middle finger to everybody this year and he doesn't really have the weapons to do so right he's got Devontae Adams and then mm-hmm. I guess his second receiver is Alan Lazard who I like <laughs> you know you've got MBS I liked him in he, college <laughs> right God I mean the bottom line is he part <laughs> part of me thinks he's just gonna be so mad this entire year that he's gonna kind of recapture the fountain of youth now that is not the type of thing that you bet on obviously right. but it's something where man to go eight and eight it's it's tough it, it's not something that i i completely love necessarily what about the vikings here you know oh. they they've got the same over under they've got kind of this this you know they obviously uh you know kevin stefanski's gone but gary kubiak is there it's probably going to be roughly the same offense they trade away stefan Diggs. their defense has been a little crazy their defense always plays better than I feel mm. like it should necessarily coming in. Obviously, they've got Danielle Hunter and they just, you know, got um, Ngakwe. So they're kind of rebuilding there. What do you think about about uh, the Vikings at over under nine? See, the reason why I would stay away from the Vikings is because if you talk to bookmakers and you say, OK, who gets the biggest home field advantage? Who gets the biggest spike? The Vikings are one of the teams that gets nearly you know three and a half or more in terms of what what the bookmakers think going to Minnesota, how tough it is to play at Bank of America. So without fans being there now, we're still working out what level of crowd noise you can pipe in and whatnot. Right. But I, I think it's a huge deal that the Vikings aren't playing in front of fans. And, and I think that that makes their season almost unplayable because you don't know what they're going to do. If this was a, a typical year, I would say they're going to run the rock. Uh, they're going to ask Kirk Cousins to do a little bit more each year and not have him do a ton. And he's shown that he has the ability of making big throws and making big plays. But I would stay away from this simply because I don't know what this team's going to look like at home. And if there's no home field advantage, that number basically is set for a team that's going to play play well at home. And I'm not so sure the Vikings are going to play well at home. Yeah, I definitely want to dive into that a little more in terms of how it affects your feelings on the over-under for both the Saints and the Seahawks, two teams mm. that you know have huge home field advantages. We'll get to that in a minute. Any feeling either way, any lean either way, or just a total stay away? I would stay away. Yeah, I I wouldn't go anywhere near the Vikings this year simply because I don't know what they're going to look like at home. And nine is a difficult number because you you talked about that last week, talking about the AFC, that 10 is really difficult. 10 and 6 is a hard number to get to. And going nine and seven, or, you know, maybe you bet it and you hope to get a push on it if you bet the over and you hope to, you know, hope they win nine. But I I just, again, without knowing what their home field is going to look like, their home field performances will look like. I don't think you can accurately gauge what a Viking year will look like this year. 
Yeah. How about the other two teams? Any lean whatsoever? You've got the Bears at over under eight. Now, from what I saw, if I remember correctly, I'm trying to look back at my older notes. I think they might have been at eight and a half at one point. I think money came in on the under. The Lions have kind of bounced back and forth between six and a half and seven. They're kind of a frisky team, given that their offense at least really opened it up last year before Matthew Stafford got hurt. They were in all those games in the beginning of the season before I went down. Do you have any lean either way on the Bears over under eight or the Lions? Let's call it over under seven. That's the consensus odds, but there are plenty of six and a halves out there. Any lean on either of those uh, totals? If you want to trail the professional money, the professional money is on the Detroit Lions. There is a ton of hype in the professional betting circles on this new offense, the arm of Matthew Stafford, and like you mentioned, a bunch of one-score games they lost last year. So the over on the Lions is an extremely popular play here in Vegas with the professional sports gamblers to put up at least an eight and eight season. And frankly, I don't hate it. I mean, it's, yeah. I can I, I understand the logic, and you know, it's a big year for Stafford. It's a big opportunity for him to put up some new some, some big numbers. So over on the Lions, yeah. I mean, the, the it's juiced pretty heavily towards yeah. the over because yeah, I imagine it's coming in. I just, it's their defense, man. Like their offense, I like, you know, I, I do like Stafford a lot. If they're above, if they, if they are going to employ, you know, letting him, you know, toss it downfield much more than they used to. They've got Galladay. They've got Jones. I don't mind Danny Amendola. My, might be my seven-year-old's <laughs> favorite player. Um, TJ Hawkinson, obviously dealing with the ankle injury, but he's really talented. Uh, they just gave Decker the, the big uh, money on the offensive line. So, you know, that's okay. The defense for me, I don't know, man. They, they got no pressure, no turnovers last year. They traded Darius Slay. They've added Jeff Okuda. That's what kind of, you know, I understand trailing sort of the, the sharp money. For mm-hmm. me, though, that, that one of the reasons I just, you know, I don't know. Their defense really, it's what worries me. Patricia's, you know, coaching for his job at this point. Oh, so I totally agree with that. They've yeah. got to put up. He, and he knows it too. And that's why they drafted, you know, Akuda in the first round. Correct, because they, right. they know they have no secondary whatsoever. So, yeah. you know, people have thought maybe they might go defensive lineman or maybe they would go offense, but they had, they had to go and address something with that secondary. And that's why they went and got him. And hopefully he stays healthy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move to the NFC South here. Uh, Saints are over under uh, 10 and a half. <sighs> yeah. That's a big number. Uh, Bucks are over under nine and a half. Falcons over under seven and a half. That's juiced toward the under. And the Panthers over under five and a half also juiced a little bit towards the under. So, you know, we, we can start with the Saints or you can just tell me your favorite bet is because I'm having trouble with the Saints. I'll be honest. And there's these rumors today, obviously. First, you know, maybe we just will go to the Saints because you've got Alvin Kamara who's who's been dealing with, you know, contract issues maybe he also apparently had an epidural shot recently Mm. and now there's all these rumors today about i don't know where they're going to get the cap space for it but maybe them signing jadavian Clowney. so i guess how do you view the saints the big number you've got no fans probably going to be there although i don't i don't technically know if they've made that decision um for the full season or anything like that but how do you view a team like the saints going to be a really good football team going for it their one last year Big number, losing kind of the home field advantage a bit. Yeah, they they are losing the home field, but the turf is so fast, and they're so. This is one of the teams that I think in this year you go with the over, and the reason is because you have the star quarterback, a veteran quarterback, and a veteran coach. They've got all the continuity that you would want. They've got everything you would need. They don't need preseason games. They don't need to practice. They they know what to do. They they've got Michael Thomas. They they, they know how to. I mean, I think Kamara is going to come in and play really well. They, they've got all the weapons. I have no I have no problem betting on the Saints to win this division to go 12 and 4 and win this division and and I, and I think that they're probably the team that comes out of the NFC and plays in the Super Bowl. I, I just think they've got such a huge advantage 
advantage because they don't have to worry about implementing anything. It's just trying to pick up where they left off last year and keep going. So adding climbing would be great. They get more defensive pressure, get more edge rushing uh, to get after the quarterback, and they're going to need it with some of the quarterbacks in their division. But I like the Saints on the over. Yeah. So Matt and I are, are, you know, we, we chat offline, you know, even when we're not doing these podcasts. And, uh, I was in this, uh, fancy sports and gaming association cool draft several months ago where we got to draft our wagers. So you mm. can do it on player props or you could do it on odds. And I went with a little more risky strategy. I had the first overall pick and my first pick of any bet I could take was the Saints at 10 to one to win the Super Bowl because this is a team, in my opinion, that is just absolutely built this is the year i mean yep. this is it they, they are they are just forfeiting their cap you know space for future years this is their year i like them a lot i agree i'm personally not concerned necessarily about the crowd noise again it is a, a fast turf but again they don't need anything i love the addition of Emmanuel sanders i mean everybody all our fantasy guys tease me about him i love it i think that's the perfect addition that you need right now a safety valve for him get a little help off of um off of uh, Michael Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. yeah. And then Traquan Smith is apparently having a really, really good camp. So they could be really exciting. And defensively, they're solid. And remember, they got injured down, you know, Sheldon Rankins, they got injured down the stretch last year with their defense. Talk to me about your Bucks. Your Bucks, I say, My because Bucks. Wow. your Brady and My your Gronk are there Yikes. right now. So what, here's, here's my philosophy. They're going to be a playoff team, okay? Mm-hmm. They're going to win 10 games. I bet them over nine and a half. I think they win 10 games. I know okay. 10 and 6 is difficult, but I think they do win 10 games. I think their their schedule sets up well for them to go ahead and win 10 games. I don't think they win a playoff game. I think they lose in the playoffs. And I think they're going to have, you know, Brady is going to be Brady. They're going to put up good numbers. Gronk, I think, is going to have a big red zone year. I think he's going to catch a bunch of touchdowns. I, I, I think you're going to see Brady throw for a big number. I think you're going to have, I don't think Leonard Fournette does anything for this team except for if, and if they actually signed him because he's good at pass blocking, there's something really wrong with that for a guy <laughs> who was a top five pick in the NFL draft four years ago. So that's not yeah. great, but I think they like Ronald Jones a lot. I, I'm a little concerned about the offensive line, keeping Brady upright and keeping him healthy. And I think they've got a, they can't run the traditional Bruce Arians, hold on to the football for four seconds offense. He'll get, I mean, we saw with Winston, he got killed. Brady won't won't make it to week to week eight. The only thing about their schedule that scares me is how late their bye is. They mm-hmm. gotta play a lot of games. I think it's twelve consecutive games before their bye week. Yeah. So keeping Brady healthy for that long, I'm concerned about that. But I think they go ten and six. I don't think they win up win much in the playoffs, but I do think they win a wild card. Yeah, I'm not that. You know, look, I don't think you're bringing a guy like Brady. At, you know, given his age, given his stature, given his skill level, and say, you are coming into this offensive system and you will do things the way Jameis Winston did it, right? Like, that's just not how it's going to be. I don't view him as basically being like, hey, you're going to hang in there for four seconds and you're going to wait for this play to develop. That's not who Brady is necessarily if he doesn't have the line. He's too smart a quarterback. So, yeah, I'm not betting it. I'm not betting it because it just it seems like such a public play. You know what I mean? To love yeah, Brady. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was 10 for a little while and then it came down because the public yeah. was betting it up and then the pros came in on the under. Yeah. How about, you know, the Falcons? Do you have any lean either way on the Falcons? You know, you know it's funny. I, I hear a lot of you guys, and you, you know more about this space than I would with the fantasy yeah. about Matt Ryan having a monster season, that there's a lot of hype around this offense to put up yeah. some huge numbers, and Julio Jones is going to do incredible things. So I tailed it on my own fantasy. I mean, I drafted Julio Jones in the second round. So, I mean, yep. I, 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 I tailed that hype around 
uh, around where we are here for for this offense. But I just don't know about this defense, and I think the division is pretty difficult for the, for them. So I, I don't have a play on it per se, but I, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored for Atlanta. Yeah, I don't um, love the over on seven and a half. I I do think that their offense is going to be really really good. I think another year. Undercutter. I, I love the addition of Hayden Hurst. I think Calvin Ridley develops really well. They've got twelve of their sixteen games in domes. Mm. I mean, that's like that's like Matt Ryan's bread and butter. So I do think the offense is going to be good. The offensive line is going to be a lot better. And again, the defense really is just it, it, it's always injured. You know, every year their defense should be okay if they're you know there but i don't necessarily know how good of a team they're going to be fantasy wise yeah absolutely get get every piece of that offense that you can get but i don't love again they have a tough schedule it's just not you know that's a tough division it's not there what about the the panthers out of curiosity over under five and a half i lean a little bit i'll be honest towards the under here again this is something where again as with uh brady buying week 13 here that's a really long time to this is a new team as we've talked about right this is not the year to have the new coach and the new coordinator and the new quarterback you know what i mean everything is new here even brought in robbie anderson they drafted all defensive players like throughout the entire thing so the defense is very young it's just something where i think it's going to take them you know after luke keekley retired it's going to take them a while to find their footing offensively and defensively. And I think especially with such a late buy, a tough division, not a great team, you know, kind of what Matt rules sort of holding as he comes in their first year is terrible. And then he's he turns destroys. around. That's what right. that guy do. He, he is literally going to come in and burn this thing to the <laughs> ground. Okay. That is what he's been told to do. That's why he took the job because he wanted to come in. They're going to stink. They're going to be, I mean, I, I got into an argument with somebody about the Raiders in week one and the Raiders are favored by two and a half points. And they're like, how in the world the Raiders favored? I'm like, do you realize what Matt Rule is going to do? They've oh, got yeah. Teddy, they have Teddy Bridgewater. They're going to run McCaffrey into the ground. Like oh, he yeah. is going to be so tired by the end. He'll be a great fantasy guy because his usage rate is going to be through the roof, yeah. but that's it. I mean, that's all they've got. I mean, they've lost leadership, like you mentioned, with Keekley retiring. They don't want to win football games. They want to be right back where they were last year. They want to be right back at the top of the draft. They want to be right there restocking because it's all about year three and four for Matt Rule. This yeah. is a wash of a season for the Panthers. They have no desire to be competitive. If they win four games, I will be floored if they win four games. I I, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm lower on Bridgewater than other people, but new quarterback, new system in COVID with the with a mantra to come in and do a complete rebuild. Yeah, they're going to be bad, really yeah. bad. I, I I do like Bridgewater personally as a quarterback. I think he's he's a competent NFL quarterback. I think they have a lot of interesting pieces, as you said, offensively. Uh, you know, obviously McCaffrey. I love DJ Moore. I like Robbie Anderson. Generally speaking, Curtis Samuel apparently has had a little bit of a rough camp, but he's you know kind of a talent. They could do things offensively, but there's just no way. There's just no way when you're bringing in Matt. They like you said, nobody is expecting this team to put up all that much of a fight. You've got you know no fans. There's going to be no juice. They they've got so long before they're going to get in. So to the extent there's a play, there are two plays. I guess I like a little bit. I lean towards the Saints over as mm. you do, and it sounds yep. like you're with me here. Yep. I I like the I like the Panthers under to be honest five and a half that that's a play that i've i've made already and uh I, i'm feeling pretty confident it's just yeah. really difficult this look year at Matt rule at, at at temple year one and baylor in year one yeah and look three, at what he did. three and 21 i believe is his record in he the just kicked every kid out he just yeah. went through the he's like you're gone you're gone you're gone you're gone he just weeded <laughs> out the entire team and replaced them with his own recruits so yeah. he's going to do the same thing 
where he wants young kids, as you mentioned, drafted young with the, with the, with the defense. Yep. He wants to bring in guys who have never played in the NFL, who are going to look up to him and go like, okay, guy, I- I'm here to play for you. He's a big about like, this is my guy type of coach. And so anybody, any veteran left over, any guy on the tail end of his career, you should probably just like f- start planning on playing for somebody else next year because you're not going to be there after this season. Yeah, I like it. All right, let's go to our last division here, NFC West. 49ers, again, another high over-under. Obviously, they made the Super Bowl. Over-under 10.5, just a little bit towards the under. Seahawks over-under 9.5, also just a little bit towards the under. Rams over-under 8.5, also just a little bit towards the under. And the Cardinals over-under 7, just a little bit towards the over. So what do you like here? This is a really interesting division, right? Because you got continuity all over this division. You got Pete Carroll and you got Russell Wilson. You got the team that went to the Super Bowl last year in the 49ers. I mean, heck, even the Cardinals have continuity, really. I mean, it's year two of Kyler Murray yeah. and Cliff Kingsbury, but they, I mean, they're going to keep building on what they're building. I love the Cardinals. I mean, maybe I'm just a really, I like Cliff Kingsbury a lot. I love the swagger. I'm a big Kyler Murray fan. And the fact that they got DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, are you kidding me? I, I, I think Christian Kirk might have a good year coming up here. I think they're going to run the ball well. I mean, the fact that they were able to trade David Johnson and flip him into what they got i mean it's just ridiculous i mean they had they had a killer killer off season so i'm on the over for the cardinals i don't think anybody wants to play these guys their defense needs to get much better i understand that but i think murray's going to be a real problem to stop in the nfl and having hopkins to throw to he's going to stretch the defense i'm really excited to watch the cardinals and and then the 49ers are going to be really interesting that number just is too large Uh, everyone's saying that garoppolo is killing it at camp everyone everything that, that i'm reading from the media in san francisco is that you know jimmy Garoppolo is just spinning the ball really well and looks totally different this year and really competent after losing the Super Bowl. He wants to prove that throw he didn't hit won't happen again. Right. But I, I think the numbers just is a little bit too steep for me to go down. And then, I mean, everyone loves Russell Wilson. I guess if I had to play in this division, it probably would be on the over for the Seahawks simply because of the continuity with Pete Carroll. But the defense is a question for me when it comes to the Seahawks. So uh, Wilson, I think, is going to have a big year. I just don't know if that means 10 wins. That seems like a really big number for the Seahawks. The Seahawks, the thing about the Seahawks is, and it's probably just because of Wilson, and I can't imagine how good they might be if they just let him do his thing mm. right off the bat instead of doing like run on first down, <laughs> run on second down, third and seven. Okay, okay, by the way, now it's the fourth quarter and we're down by 13 points. You know, Russ, go do your thing. 10 wins, they're not a 10-win team. When mm. you look at their entire team, and, and today there are reports that they signed Josh, uh, Josh Gordon, they're not a 10-win team. Okay, the, the defense just isn't there. But I'm not going to bet the under because it's it's Russell Wilson. Right. Though this is a team. We just talked about it. This is one of the biggest home field advantages, yeah. you know. And so what happens to that without that crowd noise? Well, in, the rain, still though. West Field, by the way. Is that still what it's called? Uh, I think so. I can't yeah. remember at this point. That they change right. names all the time. But sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, I just I think the rain and the atmosphere still is is factoring in there. It's a cold and damp and nasty place to play football. So that's there. Uh, again, we don't know what the piped-in crowd noise is going to sound like, and everyone talks about the fact the way that stadium is built, that the overhang keeps the sound down, so yeah. maybe pumping in crowd noise makes it more difficult to play there. I, I, I still think it's a hard place to play. you got to fly all the way across the country to the top corner of the of, of the West Coast, and, and so I, I still think that it's not easy to play there, even if the, the crowd's not going to be allowed in at any point in time, but I... I just, man, it's hard. It's it's yeah. a tough it's a tough number to go ahead and lay to have that team win ten games. Given the fact that their six division games are tough, they're not yeah. easy to play. That's game. the thing. By the way, it's CenturyLink Field. I just looked at ah. it just to make sure. My my bad on that one. I can never keep up with the. Uh, well, CenturyLink bought Quest because. <laughs> 
when I was in Omaha, Nebraska, it was the Quest Center, and then CenturyLink bought out Quest, and it became the CenturyLink Center, and then CenturyLink sold to Chai Center, and now it's called the Chai Center. So yeah, it's a it's very hard to keep up with the. I will just call it the place where the (laughs) Seahawks play football. Um, so this entire division for me, and I do want to touch on the Rams before in a second, but this entire division to me. It's just a stay away. Like, I, I do not have a good feel for any of these teams. 49ers are are great. Like you said, you want continuity. That's what you've got. They've also got absolutely nobody to throw the ball to at the moment, and except for yeah. George Kittle. And, and maybe that's not a huge deal. You know what I mean? Obviously, the 49ers run the ball a mm. ton. They still have Mostert. They still have Tevin Coleman. Jarek McKinnon apparently looks fantastic, you know, in camp. But Debo Samuel, maybe he's going to play. Maybe mm. he's going to wind up on the pup list. We really don't know at this point. Brandon Ayuk is dealing with injuries. You know, even they just signed Tavon Austin. Now he's on IR. Not that that makes that big a difference. So I get a little word. And again, 10 wins. We talked about that number. 11 wins yeah. is a real thing. I like it for the Saints. 49ers, it's something where if, if I were forced, I would go over. But it's not something where I want to go to. The Seahawks, same deal. I don't think they're a 10-win team, but I'm not going to bet against Russell Wilson because he always makes that team better. I don't think he's had a losing year since he's been in the league Mm -hmm. or maybe 500 year, but certainly not a losing year. And the Cardinals, yeah, I don't know, man. I I could 100% see this being a holy F year for that (laughs) offense. Like you really could. I love Kenyon Drake. I can't tell you. And again, I'm a fantasy guy. I can't tell you how excited I was when Drake started balling out in Arizona and that they kept him because I have loved Drake's talent. Every year I've called him a sleeper in fantasy with the Dolphins. Unfortunately, Gase just like wouldn't Mm. let him go. I love Drake there. I love the addition of DeAndre Hopkins. Look, Larry Fitzgerald is still there. You know what I mean? They have done better on the offensive line. Obviously, Christian Kirk, you mentioned Andy and Andy Isabella is having a nice camp. You masked my school. Yeah, that their offense <laughs> is going to be really, really like exciting. And I like Murray a lot. I like his talent. I think, you know, he's he's going to definitely be able to improve just generally speaking as a quarterback. I don't love the defense and it's a right. tough schedule. And it's just yeah. something where I'm like, man, I can see him at seven. I, I don't you know, I, I could see betting the over because it's hard for me to see them going six and ten or right. worse. Right. You feel like seven and nine is probably the worst case scenario. So I could definitely see going over. Let me ask you about the Rams. OK, mm. because I feel like I have. A completely for no reason whatsoever, an irrational like favoritism of oh. the Rams because I've talked about it with our guys and we've all made the over unders and they're all on the under at eight and a half. How do you feel right now about the Rams? All right, so here's the thing about Jared Goff: he plays incredibly well at home. Now, why would that be? He plays well at home because he has his coach in his ear, and his coach can tell him where to go with the football. And this is his road splits are the most insane road and home splits of any quarterback in the NFL. He plays horrendously on the road. Crowd noise. He can't hear. He can't hear his coach telling him what to do. He's going to be able to hear his coach telling him what to do in all 16 games. I am very interested to see what Jared Goff does this year without fans and stands and what he might look like this season. He might have a good year. And if his receivers stay healthy, he may. that might be one of those teams that we're talking about going, how are they... Kind of like last year when we were just talking about earlier with a team that winds up winning a bunch of games because of one score games like the Packers. The Rams might be this year's Packers. Bad football team, but a really good record because they get breaks and they get the bounces. So if I had to bet it, I would bet the over and I'm not going to buy the curse of hard knocks simply because it's two teams on hard knocks, not one team this year for hard knocks. If it so, was one, though, you'd buy it. You'd be like, definitely well, there not. is something to say for because everyone talks about hard knocks. But if you heard like honest question, have you had a casual conversation about hard knocks with anybody yet this year? No. 
No one's paying attention to Hard Knocks. No. It's yep. boring. The show stinks this year, by the way. It's boring and confusing. I, I love watching it. I still watch it, but I more watch it for the protocols for COVID-19 and how big of a distraction it's going to be for the players. Right. So I'm not watching it for the typical, like, who is that eighth, you know, that, that seventh round pick who might make the roster or who's that un, undrafted rookie who was trying to make it. Like, all those storylines, I just feel like America is like, we're dealing with some real crap right now. We don't care about training camp. Like, we don't have time to talk about hard knocks or watch hard knocks. Like, we're dealing with some reality stuff right now not reality TV. So, yeah. but I, I, I would not sleep on the Rams given what Jared Goff, I think is going to be able to do thanks to his head coach, who I still think is a, I think Sean McVay is still a very good coach. I think that's what it is for me. I think I, I just, I'm like, you know, first of all, they went nine and seven last year, yeah. right? And, and even though they had a really tough schedule, they have a bad offensive line and their offensive line was legitimately like, okay, this guy's down. Let me sign a guy off the street right now yeah. to, to somehow protect Jared Goff. And Jared Goff, doesn't do well with pressure. Like we know that no. about them. towards the second half of the season, especially at the last like five or six games, they switched to a lot of 12 personnel. That's when you saw Tyler Higby coming on. If you know, from what I've heard of hard knocks and again, it, no casual conversation, but I've heard there's been, you know, some rumblings that he, they're going to stick with this. And again, they lost Brandon cook. So they can yeah. go with assuming that, uh, Cooper cup is healthy. I know he's been dealing with a little bit of something, but you know, you're going to have Tyler Higby. I love Robert Woods as a player. I think offensively, I think, you know, you give McVay an entire offseason. I think he's going to be like, okay, we obviously, this, we need to fix this. What was mm -hmm. happening right now? We need to fix this. Maybe they'll just stick again. Maybe they'll say the 12 personnel works. So we're going to do it. And Gerald Everett apparently is having a nice camp too. So I, I think the offense is going to be better. The defense, not great. They obviously still have a couple of huge pieces in Ramsey and Donald and everything like that. But I, I love Ramsey in, in, in that secondary being hungry on, on a contract year. So look, you have Aaron Donald. I mean, you've got the best defensive player in the game. I know. So he destroys offensive lines. He destroys Literally, plays. though, that's the only guy who I think can get consistent pressure. I mean, it, it might not matter. I mean, but they literally may just be like, nah, we're going to triple team this dude, and we're going to just see whether or not anybody else can possibly break through and get pressure. That That's the only thing. It, it's a weird defense where you've got these two elite, really elite players, and everybody else, for the most part, is just kind of like, eh, okay. Rockers and by the way, is pretty good, though. Yeah, that's fair. They they did lose Wade Phillips. Don't forget, like, right. you know, as a defensive coordinator, right? I'm not sure how uh, Brandon Staley is going to, you know, do with the defense. So there are question marks. There are certainly question marks. But I do think, and again, maybe this is just sort of saying, I just have faith in Sean McVay. But I've been talking about it with, with our guys because, you know, we do some over-unders. They've all been on the under and they are teasing me because I'm like, no, I'm sticking with the over and I feel okay. But again, last year, really tough schedule, completely decimated offensive line. Uh, Jared Goff played pretty terribly overall, on the, and they still went nine and seven. I just right. think you, you know what I mean? They can win nine games, even with this division, if, you know, McVay can sort of spend some time figuring it out. So, yeah, I don't that, like that their crossover is the NFC East, yeah. but it's not that horrible. I mean, they, their first road game is at Philadelphia. That's not going to be easy. They're at Buffalo back to back weeks, but then it gets easier when we, they play the Giants and the Washington football team. Those are, those are victories. Well done, by the way. Nice job. Yes. They, they're at San Fran, which is hard, yep. but then they play the Bears, the Dolphins. They have a bye before the Seattle Seahawks come to town. That's great. I yep. can't wait to watch the Rams at Tampa. That's going to be a must see TV yeah. game uh, on Monday night football. That's going to be monstrous. And, and then, you know, they got the Patriots coming in. They got the Jets coming in. Uh, you know, th th those aren't easy. I mean, Jets are an easy game, but the Patriots, are, we'll see what they look like in, in week 14. But right. I, 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 just, I can find nine wins for this football team. 
just given their continuity and given, again, look at Jared Goff's road and home splits. He's going to be able to hear his coach without having any crowd noise to worry about. So I think that's a real sneaky factor here for the Rams and how well their offense might perform. Yeah. And again, this is a, this is a bet that I don't, you know, it's juiced towards the under, you know, I, I, I think you can get the over at a pretty decent price and that's where I've been going. I, I you know, I, I, I'll be honest. I don't have much support among my cronies who also <laughs> sort of put in the over-unders, but I don't care. I'm willing to go with it. That's fine. <laughs> and you like, uh, your favorite play here is, uh, the Cardinals over seven, right? Yeah. That would be, if I'm going to bet one, I haven't bet it yet, but if I'm, if I'm going to go ahead and bet it, that that's, that's what I would bet is the over on that. Okay. Well done. So here is what we have next week. I'm not going to, I'm not going to drop the details too much, but Matt and I are in a couple of, you're probably familiar with them, a couple of, I'll say high stakes uh, contests <laughs> where we're going to be making some picks each week. We're each going to be talking about, uh, you know, five picks that we're going to want to make. And again, this may be something where we'll overlap. We'll give you more than five, but uh, we're going to give you certainly going to put our money where our mouth is definitely with all these picks. So it's going to be a fun season. We are both really, really excited oh. about it. And not just because, oh, my God, there is football in a week from today. As we record this, it is going to be amazing. Matt, thanks for coming on. Are, are you ready, buddy? You ready? Uh, One more uh, week? I'm ready. The Daily Juice audience is ready. We're all fired up and counting down the days. I mean, unfortunately, the college football this coming weekend is not going to be all that entertaining. It's pretty right. boring. But once we get through the Labor Day weekend, it's all systems go. And we got real football for both the college and the pro ranks to get rocking. It's it's just going to be so much fun. And I am fingers crossed that we play Thursday. Please play Thursday. I'm, I'm so nervous about not playing Thursday night for the Chiefs and the Texans. I'm just... Nope. Don't I'm, worry about it. I'm, it's I'm, going. I'm hoping it's happening. Just I'm really I'm, I'm hoping I just have some feeling that Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes aren't going to play and I'm going to be really upset. If we, if <laughs> oh, it's going to be fine. It's time I hope, for I hope so. I, I hope so. Just my friends in Houston are warning me and I'm getting so scared. No, so let's no, hope dude, we play. You, you take that negativity. You throw it out the window. Um, okay. But Daily Juice. Yes. Go listen to it. Seriously. It's great. Matt does a 15 minute podcast available for you every morning breaking down his best bets of the next day. It is really entertaining. It is really good. And Matt's been uh doing pretty well uh of late i'll be honest of late. the last uh yeah <laughs> of late <laughs> all right all right so anyway we'll be back next week breaking down uh our week one picks do not forget bettingpros.com slash chiefs 101 take the chiefs getting 101 points doesn't matter if patrick Mahomes plays you're going to be safe up to 50 dollars. we're going to be back again as i said next week so we'll talk to you then 